This Wimbledon preview on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million is up for grabs. You can get all the details at circasports.com. That's circasports.com. Wimbledon, a theater of greatness awakens. As the summer grass rises, champions are remembered as new heroes surprise us. Take a seat and witness moments you never foresaw. It was magical. This is unbelievable. A day at Wimbledon is always like never before. You are listening to your Wimbledon. 2023 preview right here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That is at the SGP Network. You can also follow one of my two Twitter accounts. I am the host of the Soccer Gambling Podcast. And you can follow me at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. The other Twitter account is at LockBettingCom. That's at LockBettingCom. That's where I tweet about all sports. I tweet about soccer at SGP Soccer. I tweet about all other sports at LockBettingCom. And also at LockBettingCom is where you will find my PL every single month as the pin tweet. So my latest PL will always be the pin tweet. At the moment, you're still seeing the month of May, keeping it up a little bit longer because it is my most significant month in my history of sports betting so far because it was my 120th month in a row of transparent track profit. What that represents is an entire decade undefeated in sports betting. So 120 months in a row, an entire decade now, I've been undefeated in sports betting, not a single losing month. It's all transparent and tracked. And that spreadsheet represents the 120th month. I'll be swapping that shortly for the month of June. And the month of June was the 121st month in a row of Transparent Trap Profit. All of the other spreadsheets are kept over at the website lockbetting.com. And that's where you can also sign up for my additional place. So moving on with this Wimbledon preview, coming off the back of a successful show where we previewed Roland Garros. We had Novak Djokovic to win that tournament and he did manage to come through. He was a narrow, narrow second favourite going into the tournament behind Carlos Alcaraz. And by the time the two played in the semi-final, Alcaraz was actually a more significant favourite than when the tournament began. And Djokovic was priced at a bigger price. 
So the tournament opened up with Alcaraz at 6-4 to four and Novak at 7-4. to four. Alcaraz's price was reducing as the tournament progressed with Alcaraz being available as a 10-11 favourite, minus 110. By the time the two played and Novak Djokovic being out at over 2-1. to one. In fact, Novak Djokovic was 7-4 to four just to beat Carlos Alcaraz, which was the same price that he was to navigate his way through the tournament. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this is because the point I'm trying to make is that Novak Djokovic managed to get through five other matches and there was no additional value on Novak. So by taking him early, you got absolutely nothing from that. You were better off waiting seeing if Alcaraz went through and then taking Novak Djokovic simply just to win that one semi-final or getting a better price than him to win the outright tournament. Now, obviously, the risk for that is that his main rival also needed to progress with him. But Carlos Alcaraz did that in France with no problems. If the same happens here, then Novak Djokovic's opening price won't move. And the reason why it's more significant here is because Novak is a very, very short favourite. This is almost insulting to the field, but also a huge compliment for Novak Djokovic and what he's done on grass as he attempts to win his fifth Wimbledon trophy in a row and his eighth overall to level Roger Federer. He comes in as the 8-13 to favourite to win it, with Carlos Alcaraz priced up at 3-1. to Janik Sinner then is next in the market and there's a huge gap between Alcaraz and Sinner with Sinner at 18 to 1. Medvedev is at 20 to 1. Alexander Zerev is at 33 to 1 after getting himself back on track and reaching the semi-final of Roland Garros. That was the first time that Zerev looked like Zerev since his injury. Then you have Holger Rune at 33 to 1. Sebastian Corda, who has a great game for the surface at 33 to 1. Alex Dumanier at 66 to 1. Rublev 66 to 1. Andy Murray 66 to 1. Kasper Rudd 66 to 1. Francis Tierfo 66 to 1. Stefanos Tissipas 66 to 1. Taylor Fritz 66 to 1. And everybody else is 80 to 1 or bigger. Looking at the market to reach the final, we then see that Novak Djokovic is at 1-3-300 to minus to reach the Wimbledon final. Carlos Alcaraz is at 5-4. to He is the number one seed on completely the opposite side of the draw to Novak. Janik Sinner is at 10-1. to Daniel Medvedev is at 8-1. to Zerev 12-1. to Holger Run 14 to 1, Sebastian Corder 12 to 1, Alex de Menure, 22 to 1, Andre Rublev 33 to 1, Andy Murray 18 to 1, Kasper Rudd 33 to 1, TFO 22 to 1, Fritz 20 to 1, and Alexander Bublik is at 40 to 1, with Britain's Cameron Norrie at 25 to 1. So you notice some jumping around with the prices there. For example, with Janik Sinner being a stronger favourite than Medvedev to win the tournament, but being at bigger odds than Medvedev to reach the final. This is down to the side of the draw that the two players are on. If you're in Novak's side, you may have 
a slightly better chance of winning the tournament overall if you can overcome Novak or Novak goes out earlier on in the draw. But ultimately, they feel that you have a lesser chance of winning the final because Novak is such a big obstacle that if you can remove him on your side of the draw, then the feeling is that you've put yourself or played yourself into a stronger position to win it. Novak is actually in quarter four here for this tournament and being on his side of the draw means that you play him in the semi-final and you would have to win quarter three to play him in that semi-final and that is where Sinner is. We are actually going to run through every single quarter now and see who comes out on top in each quarter and reaches those semi-finals but before we do that let me take this quick time out to tell you guys once again about Circa Sports because Circa Millions and Circa Survivor are back with 14 million in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. Circa Millions is five NFL picks against the spread each week. Circa Survivor is just picking a different Moneyline winner each week. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Sports Gambling Podcast will be there in the last weekend of August. Circusports.com is your place for all the details. Head over to Circusports.com. That's C-I-R-C-A sports.com. Twenty-three Grand Slam titles. You are officially the goat, the greatest male player now of all time. Do you feel like the goat? <laughs> that's a, it's, it's a really good way how to ask the question. But um, no, I don't allow myself to to call myself a goat because I feel that it's uh, disrespectful to all the uh, all the generations of players that have paved the way for us. Being part of the history is something that that, that deeply moves me, inspires me, motivates me, and. Of course, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to, to be able to get that 23rd slam in, in Paris. I saw your post. You said you're feeling hungry. Is that hungry for more titles or eating more grass, as you like Both. to do when you win here? Yeah. <laughs> Both. I actually love this. Most, uh, this is the tastiest grass I've ever <laughs> So when did <laughs> that tradition start? Actually, I think it started from the first time I won uh, in 2011. Uh, I just didn't know what else I can do from the feeling of joy that I had at that point. And I just uh, was just said, you know what, I might as well just have a little bit of a grass and taste it. And it became a little bit of a tradition and I've done it every time that I won Wimbledon. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping I can taste some more grass this year. How many more can you win? Um, I don't have an answer to that question because um, I don't know how long I'm going to be playing. What I know uh, is that I still have a lot of drive um, and lots of motivation to keep going and competing at the highest level. But, you know, my, my kind of ideal goodbye to tennis would be, uh, yeah, I guess with a Grand Slam trophy somewhere. But I still feel I have um, juice in the legs, as they say. 2011 was the first time I won Wimbledon and it was uh, yes probably you know once in a lifetime kind of feeling you know when it when, when it happens for the first time it's just different There's a new champion. 
my coach is right here, uh, Goran. That was a historic win for for him, and then of course Roger, the, you know, and, and Rafa that dominated, you know, uh, the first decade of 2000s, and uh, I kind of showed up and got into the mix, and you know, Andy won a few times, and you know, it's amazing just to to be part of that generation with with these three guys, you yeah. know, uh, the four of us that won pretty much uh, every Wimbledon in the last I think, 20 years. For me, he's the undisputed GOAT at this point. He leads every single measurable metric. And um, that's probably why it's so difficult to pick an outright winner here for this tournament. Because you just can't see past him. Yet, you cannot give out 8-13 to winners to win the tournament. So, we are primarily looking elsewhere to find a bet for this tournament. Which leads us to covering the quarters we start obviously with quarter one where Carlos Alcaraz is the four to five favorite to come through his quarter Alexander Zverev is priced up next in the market at six to one Holger Run is at eight to one Francis Tiervo is at ten to one Alex Dimonier is at twelve to one and Berrettini is the outsider here at 20 to 1. The outsider that I want to talk about at least because everyone else is bigger than 28 to 1. Depending on Berrettini's health and fitness, he could be a good outside bet here to be a, a runner in this quarter. I don't think he's going to win it because I do think Carlos Alcaraz is going to be difficult to stop. We've just seen him comfortably win at Queen's Club, which means that he's unfazed by the grass. And if he's unfazed by the grass at the moment, it's difficult to make a case for anyone beating him here. Alexander Dimonur notoriously underperforms at the Grand Slam tournaments. Francis Tiafo, I don't think, has the mentality to advance, especially over the course of five sets. He has got a little bit better over the last 12 months with that mentality. But ultimately, I still think he'll fall short at a Grand Slam. Holger Run, he's all about mentality. We saw how he advanced through to the quarterfinals at the French, but it took so much out of him that he was ultimately just there as a tomato can against Kasper Rudd. But he does have the mentality to go on and win the Grand Slam, win a Grand Slam in his future. I just don't know if it's going to come on the grass court of Wimbledon, especially not this year. And I don't think he's a genuine contender here for this quarter. I think it's just a case of Zerev being able to make further improvements in his game and being able to find enough to get past Carlos Alcaraz. He certainly has the game to do so. He certainly has the game to win on grass and US hard courts. But so far in his career, he hasn't done it. He's still coming off an injury. And for me, he's still coming through his recovery. And Kasper Rudd showed that because when he came up against a solid clay quarter, Kasper Rudd took him to pieces. And I can see something similar here at this point with Carlos Alcaraz. So while some players do have a case, and this is certainly not an easy quarter for Alcaraz, I do think he'll be good enough to come through. And I do think he'll be the semi-finalist that advances here from Q1. So Nothing too mind-blowing here as way of a pick. I'm going to go with the favourite to come through in Q1. I do actually think we could see an Alcaraz-Djokovic final. 
So we could see them meeting again, as we did in the last Grand Slam. That was actually a successful play for us, taking them both to win their quarters and to ultimately meet in the semi-final. And it's difficult to see past them playing each other in the Wimbledon final on the final Sunday. But the winner of Q2 may have something to say about that. And it is Daniel Medvedev who leads this market at three to one. You then have the American Sebastian Corder at five to one. He also has the ideal game to win on grass. Andy Murray is next in the market. He's the joint third favourite of five to one. I think those odds are way too short for Murray. He should not be ahead of Stefanos Tsitsipas in this market here. He was at seven to one. Cameron Norrie is at nine to one. Milos Rajanic is back. He's at 20 to 1. Tommy Paul is at 20 to 1. Adrian Mananero is at 25 to 1. And everybody else is at 28 to 1 or bigger. This looks like a weak quarter to me, which is um, evident because Andy Murray is priced up here at 5 to 1. You have Tissipas here at 7 to 7 to 1, sorry. Maybe that's because in his opening game he has to get past Dominic Team, but I think Tissipas will comfortably find his way past Dominic Team in round 1. It is a nice matchup on paper, but Team's never really done anything on grass. Tissipas certainly has a good grass game. I think he was playing well last year until he ran into an inspired Kyrgios. Kyrgios was hugely motivated to have a run at Wimbledon last year and uh, Tissipas just couldn't overcome him. He had a bit of a mental breakdown in that matchup. There was a lot of controversy as the two players didn't like each other. A lot of on-court antics and Kyrgios ended up winning out. I think Tissipas could have gone further had he not ran into Kyrgios. And he is a decent bet here for this quarter. Certainly a better bet than Murray, who I still don't think will ever be able to play five or six five-set matches to make a decent run at a Grand Slam final again, or even a semi-final. So I don't think he's a great bet here. For me, it does come down to Sebastian Korda and Stefanos Tissipas here for this quarter. I think Medvedev's too short. He certainly has the game to make a run here at Wimbledon, but his exit at Roland Garros tells you once again that Medvedev isn't one for the big occasion. And in a matchup against the likes of Tissipas or Korda, I would favour the others instead of taking the favourite here in Daniel Medvedev. So two picks here, here, two picks here for the quarter. One at five to one plus five hundred. One at plus seven hundred in Tissipas. I think one of these two guys has a chance of going through. I would lean Corder here. He ultimately, to me, looks like a player who's going to have some very, very good Wimbledon and very good U.S. Open runs. He just needs to take that next step to establish himself as a top ten player and a genuine contender to go further here in the slams. But this is a nice quarter for him, and I do think he has the opportunity to win it, given the players around him. Up next, we move on to quarter three. For me, this is quite a wide open quarter, and that will only favour Novak Djokovic in the semi-final if some underdog does come through here. But I'm not entirely convinced by really anyone in the field. You have Janik Sinner as the favourite to win the quarter at 9-4. to Now, Sinner was placed front and centre of a very controversial poster coming into Wimbledon. So that may actually put some pressure on Sinner. He was placed 
next to Carlos Alcaraz. They were front and centre of the poster talking with um, Djokovic, Federer and Nadal in the background on the stairs talking as if they were three retired players who'd done a lot at Wimbledon as opposed to Djokovic being a current player a current player who's a four-time, well, a seven-time champion who's won four in a row, going for five in a row. And he was placed behind these two with um, a bunch of women on the balcony and other top players from the history of Wimbledon in the background. A very, very strange poster. Put a lot of pressure on Alcaraz and Sinner, in my opinion. And whilst I do think Alcaraz won't be phased by it, I don't think Janik Sinner is going to fare as well here in this tournament, not just because of the poster, but for other factors that we'll talk about in a second. Taylor Fritz is at 5-1. to Kasper Rudd is at 9-1. to Denis Shapovalov is at 12-1. to Roberto Batista Agut is available at 18-1, to the same price as Borna Koric. And everybody else is 25-1 to or bigger. So, other than the poster, why is it that I don't see Sinner as a 9-4 favourite here for this quarter. It's simply because he hasn't been in the best of form. And the main reason is he was last seen withdrawing from Haller with an abductor injury. That's not a good injury to have for a tennis player, given the amount of stretching required, both along the baseline and in service motion. And that is a lot of the strengths that Sinner has. He's not a big power player here that's going to blast players off the court like Kyrgios would have done had Kyrgios still been in the tournament. Kyrgios is the reason why this podcast is coming out late, by the way, because it was all done and dusted and in the can. And because we had uh, spoken about Kyrgios on it for about six or seven minutes of the show, uh, we had to redo it. But he's not that type of player. He'll be relying on um, on being able to get around the court and his court coverage. So that doesn't fill me with confidence if I am a Janik Sinner backer. The uh, top seed in this part of the draw is Kasper Rudd, but he's not the favourite to win the quarter because of his grass court record. And I'm not convinced about him on grass here once again. I do feel that he will fall short of winning the quarter or even making the quarterfinal. It doesn't look right for me here for Rudd. He was the runner-up in the French Open, but he hasn't even played a warm-up tournament here on the surface. And ultimately, I think the writing is on the wall here for Casper Rudd. That does look like it does open it up a little bit for the American Taylor Fritz, who certainly does have the game to win here. He has reached the quarterfinals last year. Denis Shapovalov was a semi-finalist in 2021, but both of them have been struggling for form. This could open it up for Roberto Batista Agu. He could take advantage here. He made the semi-finals back in 2019, and the other week in Halle, he did play some good stuff, taking out Medvedev en route to the final four. So as his recent history has shown he can beat Daniel Medvedev, he could be a player to sprinkle on here to win this quarter. Interestingly, it was a hot and dry summer leading up to the 2019 tournament where Batista Agu performed so well. He likes it if the ball kicks up and the balls play more like a hardcore. 
So for me, that does give Batista Agut an advantage. It also gives Taylor Fritz an advantage. If he plays to his best, he should come through here in the quarter. So Fritz is going to be my main pick with an outside sprinkle on Batista Agut in what is the most wide open quarter of the lot. But I'm certainly going against Casper Rudd, who is the um, who is the top seed in this quarter and the finalist from Roland Garros. And I'm also going against Janik Sinner as I have question marks over his health and fitness coming into this tournament. Q6 is Novak Djokovic and he's a significant favourite to win the quarter. His price is now reduced to 1 to 4 minus 400 with the withdrawal of Nicholas, uh, Nicholas Kyrgios. Bublik is next in the market at 12 to 1. He edges out Rublev, who's 14 to 1, same price on Herbert Husk. Then you have Felix Age Sim at 20 to 1, Musetti 33 to 1, and everybody else is bigger than 40 to 1. Novak is going to breeze through this quarter and he should breeze through everybody in Q3 as well. I think that's part of why he is so short here. It's not just a case of him being the dominant force on grass and the dominant player in the world and being the GOAT who's going for his 24th slam and who's going for his fifth Wimbledon in a row. It's also down to the draw. And if you look at the overall draw, if you look at all 128 players, only one player has ever beaten Novak Djokovic on grass. That is a significant statistic going into this tournament. I'll say it again. Only one player has ever beaten Novak on a grass court. Not just Wimbledon, but on a grass court. That player is Andy Murray. And he did it in a Wimbledon final. So despite the fact that Novak Djokovic is an 8-13 to favourite, I would not dissuade you from having money in this. You can shop around. There are some 4-6 to six minus 50s available if you do look around. But his quarter price has now shortened as a result of the Kyrgios withdrawal. My lock here for this show is going to be to take a parlay that was successful for us at Roland Garros, take Carlos Alcaraz to win his quarter, parlay it together with Novak Djokovic, and that gives you a 5-4 to four plus 125 selection here for the lock by parlaying the two together with Carlos Alcaraz at the best price of minus 125 and Novak Djokovic widely available to win his quarter at 1-4 to four minus 400. If we take a glance at the women's draw to close out, as you guys know, I don't like dipping my toe in too deep usually when it comes to the women at this early stage. But we will have a quick look at the outright winners market. We have Iga Swiatek at three to one to win Wimbledon this year. Elena Rybakina, who won last year at four to one. Sabalenka's at five to one. Petra Kitova is at nine to one. Corey Goff is out at twelve to one. The same price as Ons Jabeur. Mucheva is at eighteen to one, and everybody else is twenty-two to one or bigger. I think Swiatek may be the bet here, given the fact that she was an odds-on favourite to win at Roland Garros. And here she's moved all the way out to 3-1. to one. I obviously know 
that she is a clay court specialist, but she's been dominating on other surfaces as well. She withdrew from a tournament the week before Wimbledon after getting through to the semi-finals and looked very, very comfortable on the surface in doing so, although she did not come across a Rybakina or a Sabalenka. They are the two biggest dangers. I don't expect any banana skins for those players en route to what should be a very, very interesting quarterfinal stage. I don't think the women's tournament is going to feel, fall victim to a lot of these favourites dropping out in the first week. I do expect Rybakina to be in the second week. I do expect Sabalenka to be in the second week. And I also expect America's Corey Goff to perform here. She performed very solidly at Roland Garros. This surface actually suits her game better. And I do think she'll make her way to week two as well. So I know this isn't a big call on my part, but I do think the women's winner will come from the top three. Swiatek is the favourite. She's the world number one and undoubtedly the best player on clay, which she proved once again at Roland Garros, but I don't think the dip from being a 10 to 11 favourite to 3 to 1 at Wimbledon is justified. You can make a strong case for Swiatek also being the top dog on the US hard courts. She comes into this one as the reigning US champion. No one can say that grass his, is her best surface. The evidence is there to back that up. She's yet to go beyond the last 16. But winning breeds confidence. If you keep winning and you have that winning habit, it's difficult to go against you. So getting Switek at three to one, or if you shop around, I have seen her priced up at bigger prices than that. I think I just saw 16 to five available. That does definitely provide you with some value. I think the strongest contender this year is going to come from Sabalenka. She was my outside pick here for the French Open. I thought she was being undervalued there as being a grass court player and a hard court player and somebody who wasn't going to be as strong on clay. I'd be lying if I didn't say that I was worried about the, the mental side of things because she did have a mental collapse once again at the French Open. She should have been playing in the final. She collapsed against Muchova. If we're looking at the game of the player, she does have the grass court game here, making the 6-1 to one look a little bit too big. It isn't her ideal surface, but she did reach the semi-final here in 2021. And after last year's ban on Belarusian players, I think she'll come here with a point to prove. She's got one of the biggest serves in the game. That will give her cheap points and she's able to hit winners from the back of the court. That is ultimately what you need if you're looking to bag yourself a Wimbledon title at some point. So I'm going to lean Switek with an outside sprinkle on Sabalenka. As I said, this isn't groundbreaking stuff when it comes to covering the women's draw, but I will be revisiting things later. I usually do like to see how the women start out and you can get all of my official plays over at lockbetting.com. I'll be putting out plays every single day and I've already got futures out for this tournament. We cash over 80% of our futures all time at over one unit or more. And uh, we have quite a few of those out for the beginning of this tournament. So you have futures plays that will last you throughout the tournament. And we do have a few for the women's side of the draw over there. So make sure you check that out. But once again, to reiterate, 
My lock here for this show is going to be to parlay together Novak Djokovic, who I do think will win this tournament, with Carlos Alcaraz to win their quarters. Novak is at 1-4, to four, minus 400. Alcaraz is at 4-5, to five, minus 125. Putting those two selections gives you the price of 5-4, to four, plus 125. And that is your lock here for this Wimbledon Futures show. That's it for me. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.